Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why do you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Blog Talk Radio. Wake up everybody, no more sleeping in bed No more back to thinking, time for thinking ahead The world has changed so very much from what it used to be There's so much hatred, war and poverty Wake up all the teachers, time to teach a new way Maybe then they'll listen to what you have to say They're the ones who's coming up and the world is in their hands When you teach the children, teach them the very best you can But just let it be na, 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 na. The world won't get no better We gotta change it now Just you and me Wake up all the doctors Make the old people well They're the ones who suffer And who catch all the hell But they don't have so very long Judgment day, so won't you make them happy before they pass away? Wake up, all the builders, time to build a new land. I know we can do it if we all lend a hand. The only thing we have to do is put it in our minds. Surely things will work out, they do it every time. Let it be The world won't get no better We gotta change it Just you and me Need a little help 
to everyone. You're listening to Myron Rice Show by way of Truth Power, and my name is Beverly D. And I just want to say that um, everything that you hear on the show are opinions only, and it's for educational purposes. No one is claiming to be giving out uh, legal advice or professional tax advice here. Uh, information only. Mr. Rice, how are you doing this evening? Oh, we are fine. We are doing what we can with the limited um, moving around we can do, you know, with this lockdown and all. But doing, getting a lot of work done, cleaning, you know, fixing things up. Okay. I I well, actually had time. To... Go ahead. Now, I was just saying this is a, a great time for people to really finish up on their paperwork or to do the studying. They have time now to study now and focus. Amen. This is this is perfect. This is a perfect time to reset yeah. yourself. You know, everyone has been yeah. running around with like a, I say, with like a chicken with his head cut off. And I would know because I used my first job was at a, a chicken house. You know, and they would cut the heads and throw them in the trash can, and a few of them would get away and run around the building and stuff. It was so funny. But um, so running around with his chicken head off, achieving very little. Uh, so much stuff out here, people and. Oh, this, this virus, you know, you hear so much. It, it's really ridiculous, which makes it sound like it's nothing but a ploy. I mean, people are dying, but we don't really know what they're dying from. And I'm not taking their death lightly, though. However, uh, do what you have to do. If it's your time, it's nothing you can really do uh, about it. It, it. You know, God knows he's the only one that knows who's supposed to be here, who's not supposed to be here. So, Make yourself constructive. My question that you should ask yourself, if you died today, would you be content with your life that you exercised in the past? Can you actually look back and say, I did a very, I did all the things that I want to do. I'm very, very happy. If I had to go out tonight, I think I've taken care of my family and, you know, and my friends and I did what I needed to do. I feel I've done that. Personally, I feel I have done that. You know, helping folks like yourselves out so you can experience what I have in my life, you know. And, you know, I've done a lot of testimony about myself. However, it's more important that you have a testimony that you can bring us, bring the light on the show if you have to, if you can, if you feel like it. So this is what I do, trying to help folks. Um, I have been listening to recordings, and there's a few... I won't say few. There's a guru out there who's uh, apparently got my some of my stuff, my executive letters and letters um, on his website, and I don't have no problem with it. You know, I, I I I do it for nothing. I gave it away for nothing, so I don't care if people use it. However, some of this is very outdated. And today, today for folks who's online, go to Scribe right now. I have put another sample uh, called Sample Letter to Fiduciary Trustees for OID, and it says 3-2020. So it, it's the latest. What I did, because of some of the ones that I did before that I know other gurus are using, it's not up to date from what I feel it needs to look at look like. It, it's not saying that what was out there before wasn't helpful, but as we do things and we get response back from them or don't or lack of response that we get from them, from the letters that we forward to our 
public trustees, fiduciary trustees, uh, debtors in possession. This is what they are. They, they have created a trust when you signed a contract with them and you gave them your name and social. You They created a trust. And they put a lot of bonds in that trust and securities is in that trust. Titles are in that trust. And you might get a certificate of title, which is a color of law. Basically, it's uh, showing that there is a real title somewhere and you just got a certificate of of a, of a right. Let's get Let's say you have a lease agreement for whatever you purchased. You know, they leased it to you, but they gave you a a security, which is usually a certificate or license. And going back, and you may want to listen to uh, Patrick Devine has this uh, YouTube that says uh, two and a half hours and filling the beans. And he was saying how license, like a driver's license and Marriage license is worth $11.5 million. And a certificate of title, like you're for your vehicle, you get from the Secretary of State, uh, my DD-214, which is a certificate, uh, being that I was in the military, that is worth $40,000. You know, he gave a couple, he put some numbers on some items. Whether these numbers are true or not, I haven't the slightest idea. But I do know they are on bonded paper. And they have a a bond number on it. They have numbers on on it referencing as it being a security. So the question is, what do I do with this stuff? What do I do with this stuff? I get all these certificates. They had to give you something to protect yourself, to pay for your debt. Because all debts are prepaid. Back in May to June the 5th of 1933, called House Joint Resolution 192, or if you want to go to Statutes at Large, uh, what is it, 48 Stat 112 and 113, Volume 48, Statutes at Large, page 112, 113. These were laws and rules saying that we took your gold, people, and we need to give you something to handle your debts, because all your debts are there, all your obligations. They call it obligations. You can call it debts. You can call it sin. They're the same thing. Obligation, debt, equals sin. So, you are sinners. <laughs> and the question is, why aren't your pastors, you know, making you unsinful? But that's a whole, that's another question that we can deal with maybe at another date. What's going on? In the meanwhile, let's look at how to get rid of some of these Sinners, sins, uh, the obligations, how we get rid of them, or how they get paid off. Well, in the last few uh, weeks, we've been talking about anytime you receive a bill, anytime you uh, had a contract for your car note, your house note, your student loan, your credit card, all these items were taken from your estate, and none of these items and none of the corporations who created that trust, those debtors in possession, the fiduciary trustees, meaning they have a duty to you, or they call them public trustees, never reported these items to the IRS on your taxes. No one got a statement at the end of the year saying, hey, I gave you $300,000 for your house. 
You know, I gave you $30,000 for your car. I gave you a a $5,000 credit limit. They didn't send you nothing at the end of the year with those items. Your $80,000 student loan. I, I never, no one ever received anything at the end of the year. So we have to assume that they are hiding these items from the Internal Revenue Service. They are hiding these items that they claim you owe. So my question is, what is your next move? What happened when people are hiding the truth? What's happening out here now with uh, with these indictments and all these people hiding? You know, you have they have to be exposed. You need to report. Just like, just like and uh, just like the president today exposed uh, New York. New York saying that they need all these ventilators. And the company that's been sending them, supplying them with the ventilators, told the president, "Well, we were sending them twenty to thirty thousand ventilators. Now we're sending them three hundred thousand, and they're sitting in a warehouse." So he exposed, and that's how we got to do. We got to expose these people. We remember we we had the same problem back in the day when uh, people on. Uh, uh, social services and whatever, uh, and it was a cheese situation. They 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 ran out of cheese to give those uh, women with family with children, and come to find out they were in a warehouse down the teller and rats yeah. were eating them up. Yeah, yeah. Rats were eating the cheese in the warehouse. Instead of giving it to and the children people. are hungry. You remember that? Yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. They got all this cheese. They got food for these hungry children, and they got them in the warehouse, and the rats are eating them up. That was, oh, my God. But this is what we need to do. We have to expose them. How? You alert them. You give the IRS an alert. And how? What alert? We've been talking about it, folks. A 1099-A is an alert. Is an alert. And you have to, in the term that you use to say, um, I'm I'm uh, exposing, the term you use for exposure would be assets. I'm, I, I'm reporting an asset. You have to assess it. A, was it A, A-C-C-E-S-S? You have to assess it. You have to tell them or report it. Asset means report it. The IRS, what do they do? Think about it, folks. I want you to think about what I'm saying here and, and look at your coupon. The IRS knows that someone has took some funds out of your estate and they haven't reported it. And after three years or so go by, they have to do an audit because their job is to balance the book in the estate. I'm trying to explain it's real simple. The IRS is an accounting firm that works for the IMF, International Monetary Fund, which is a bank, those 12 private bankers, the 12 private bankers, and, and you got the letters of them on, on your Social Security card on the back, one of them letters, 12 letters represent each and every one of those fellas that owns the bank, and those books have to be balanced. So when the IRS says you owe money, you need to assess this. 
funds that have not been reported, there is an Let's say a debit. There's something that's been removed out of your bank account. There's money missing in your bank account. So you have to report it. And when you and how we report it is to Cinema 1099A and you check box five. Box five says that the person who took the money out of that account did not replace it, has not reported it. So that's what you want to do. I got some music in the background. Is this open one? Should I turn it down? Can you still hear me okay? We can hear you. Uh, we hear the music too, but we can still hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. I keep, you know, music is calm me down. But the point is being that, so when the IRS sends you a bill saying you're being assessed, you realize they're not saying you owe anything. They're saying... Here is the money. That's why they send you a payment voucher. Please, folks, look at your notices from the IRS. It didn't say make a payment. They gave you a payment voucher. It says payment or it says payment voucher. So all they want you to say is money's been removed out of your account. We know it. This is how much money it is. And here's a check so that you can put the money back in. That's sweet. Well, well, what do that mean when they send you and it say statement on there? When they send no, you I'm saying, I don't say statement. statement. It it would say payment statement, and then it would still say payment on there. It it may be a payment statement, but it don't statement. How can you pay with a, anything? You have to have a coupon. It has a is a voucher, or it is a coupon of an obligation that you have to convert into a voucher or a payment. That's when you have to write down them a money order or a bill of credit or whatever you need to do to convert it. I guess it's on the UCC 9 dash, I'm sorry, UCC 3-115, an incomplete security was sent to you. In other words, you received somewhat almost like a blank check that has to be filled out properly. This is what they sent you. This is what the company sent you. But the IRS is usually sending you a payment voucher, which you should, if you want, you could take it down to your bank, have your medallion seal man stamp it and deposit it in your bank account and then write them a check for the amount that they say you owe. Or you can just send a coupon back to them. Either way, it goes back to them. So you get this, oh, I got this $115,000. They say, oh, $115,000. Well, that's, you should be smiling. That's a check. They're doing you a favor. They're saying this is, has to be replaced. You don't know who took the money out. There are people that have access to your account. yet. You don't even know. You don't even know. But the IRS is, is there to tell you this is what they took out, and we need you to give us this coupon back, endorse it, endorse it, just like your job gives you a check. They give you a voucher. You're, if you get a job with a and, you know, I know we do a lot of direct deposits, but there's some of us that don't do direct deposits. We get a check. It's a vulture. So we just need to flip it over, endorse it, and deposit it in the account. Well, you have to do the same thing for that IRS coupon. So I just want to bring that to your light because people seem to think because they got all these debt situations that they're in trouble. Because, first of all, <laughs> that debt doesn't have your name on it because you only have as a living man or woman 
your your actual name is your first and middle. You wouldn't have a last. You know, you don't have a, a last name as a real man and woman. A breathing man and woman do not have a last name. If you look at your birth certificate, it was already typed in there before your mom signed it and filled in the first and middle. It was already typed in it. It belongs the last surname they call it belongs to them. You know, but you are just first and middle. And now you very rarely, I ever rarely ever see anyone gonna get a, a piece of mail that's got your first and middle name only. So it's not even talking about you, but you do have a, uh, an authorized representative of that all cap name estate, and all you have to do is take the credit it has. It has credit. It was given to us. If you look at the uh, the Libel Code of 1907, which was originally done in uh, 1863 by Lincoln when he put we us. We have been in martial law since 1863, folks. So don't be crying about it now. We've always always been under martial law. We've always been under martial law. But the Geneva Convention, they updated it in 1907. And if you look at Section 38 for the private man, if you haven't been rebellious, if you're not a criminal, if you don't act acting stupid and revolutionary, you know, uh Commander-in-Chief, which we know that is the president, issue out receipts. And these are called warehouse receipts for you to be redeemed, which if you look that up, it is um, being recovered. So anything that was might have been taken from you, anything that they say you owe, whatever, you can use your birth certificate as a receipt to recover yourself. Again, there's another certificate that I was just telling you about. Now, do your, birth certificate, do your birth certificate have to be authenticated, or you could just use your birth certificate because it's a bond? You, you, it's, it was given to you as a bond. It, it's no different than what you got when we uh, got in the military and they gave us a DD-214. There's no difference that when you went down to register register your card to Secretary of State. They gave you a certificate of title. There's no diff- no difference in you getting a car or a driver's license and they gave you a license. It's not authenticated. It's it's their stuff. It is their thing. This is what they gave you. And let's take and we could take a note out the Bible when Jesus said and they asked him, Well, how do we pay taxes? And what Jesus well who faces on the coin? Caesar. Well give Caesar what's his. So the items you get, the certificate of titles, the driver's license, the, the uh, um, birth certificate, they, would, they gave it to you. You just have to give it back to them, endorsing it. Endorse it, give it back to them. 18, Title 18, USC 8, Title 18, USC 8. Y'all have to be in front of you. As you give it back to them, I mean that that instrument has a lot of credit on it, right? And and you don't have to use all of it. So you you can endorse it and so how it back. You, you tell them. Uh huh. Go ahead. No, I said when you're endorsing it, you write down whatever it is. If you don't know what it is, then leave it blank. 
Give it to the broker. Who's the broker? If you're in court, the broker is the judge. Who's the broker? Who's bonded? They know what to, they they know what to take out. Give them the coupon, which has the value, and attach it to the to the security to the to the bond. That'll tell them what to take out of it. Then you had to go get you another one. They issue you another birth certificate. They issue another certificate of title on your vehicle. They give you another driver's license. They give you another social security card. All these are bonds that they will return if you use it up. If you need something, you can always get it replaced. There's nothing out there that they won't replace. Is that the question you want to ask about? Uh, yeah, I was. I know that the bonds have credit to them, and you've given it to them, but you don't want them to go and just use all the credit that's on there. You wanted to well, put a number to on be, there. Yeah, and and you have to attach the bond to whatever they they say you owe. I'm right. just telling uh-huh. you what they're saying you owe. You you're attaching it to it. So when you attach it to it, you'll tell them what to take out. Right. Now remember, if they take out more than they're supposed to take out, they have to answer to the IRS. So they're very careful in what they do. They have to justify everything they do. If they get caught doing more than what they're supposed to do, they, they'll get handled by their own people. Their own people will take care of them. That's why I said make it a tax issue with the IRS. When you have trouble with any of those folks out there, squeal on the IRS. Squeal with the IRS, and that's what I mean. You squeal on them using the IRS. It'll take care of it. They will take care of it. And I just put in, and this is, again, I just put it inscribed today, so you may want to go and download it. Also, I was told that some things that I've given up there, they're not letting people download. I don't know what it is, but if you, you know, let me know. Personally, if they don't let you download what's on there, then why are you paying a monthly fee if you are? You could tell them, well, I'm going to have to quit paying. You're not allowing me to download what someone put up there for me to get. You know, I know some of my stuff, they covered it up, so you anyone just can't see it, you know. Um, that, yeah, some of them they, they covered it up because they want people to pay, and then when you pay, then you're supposed to be able to see it. Yeah, well, they, I guess they don't want any innocent bystander coming by using what I have, so they just figure, you know, you ain't gonna pay, so whatever. But do remember, if you come on, if you have a document that you created and you give it to Scribe. Uh, they allow you to download three documents for free, and that's what I do. I, I got so much. As a matter of fact, I just noticed I had, I didn't know I had 58 documents in there, and now it's 59, because I just went in there to load another. I said, 58? I don't remember. Maybe I better look to see if somebody put my, put my name on something that I that wasn't isn't mine, so I guess one day I need to review it. I got time. I ain't got nowhere to go, so I guess I'll go right. and check what's on live, you know? Make sure it was on there. But I know some people, if you put my name in or uh, Google or Yahoo, they got some of my documents out there. 
my executive letter where I surrendered driver's license or my certificate of title, my vehicle, you know, these things that I did, and I put them in the newspaper. So I'm not ashamed. If they were, I got an affidavit of publication. I put it in the newspaper. So that means anybody could read it. I'm not ashamed that it's out there. But it'd be good to know, you know, and you throw my stuff up on the screen that you say, oh, this was given by Mr. Rice Tech. You know, no, that's, you know, I give credit where credit is due. But this that letter I put on here, and getting back to my stuff, because I said, well, let me put, finish putting things out here. Um, it's the, the name of it is uh, Sample, because when I say sample, that means I don't have any names or nothing, and I don't have my name on there so um, or anyone's name. So I, I just keep it general. You know, I put first, middle, last. And, and please note, the uh, format, if it's uh, all cap, then it's referring to the state stuff. If it's large and small cap, then it's usually talking about uh, one of your assignees or someone who you, as a real person, used to represent you in commerce. You know, they call them agents in commerce. These are people who's, you know, talking to other dead, because these things, these people are dead, these characters are dead that but I created them. They don't belong to the state. I created these assignees. You must create at least least two. Now I'm looking at your form. I'm looking at your form here. You have the office of the debtors in possession. And then you have in parenthesis, DOJ chapter 11 guidelines. Okay. uh, For those that might not know, what is, debtors in possession, and what do that DOJ stand for? Uh, DOJ is the Department of Justice. So if you go to the Department of Justice and you type in Chapter 11 Guidelines under the search engine, you will get what is considered Chapter 11 is bankruptcy. You'll get the guidelines that the Department of Justice told all these corporations what to do for being bankrupt, what to do for people who deposit money in their estate. What to do is they have to have at least two insurances. The FDIC has to be there when they open up the estate, and then there has to be a surety bonds. Those are called fidelity bonds, uh, uh, a payment bond and a performance bond. These are things that they have to do before you walk in the door and sign the paperwork, such as like a mortgage. You fill out an application. When you fill out the application and you came in and signed the document, the insurance has to be on it, people. So when if you quit paying, it's already insured for them to get paid to be reimbursed, and it's actually on your document. Your your um, deed of trust in some states, in Michigan, is called a mortgage. It's, it says that under the definition of mortgage insurance, the lender shall be reimbursed if the borrower does not pay as agreed or goes into default. So you tell them, uh, am I in default on this mortgage? Yeah, you're in default. Well, why don't you go file a claim with that insurance that you had 
before I walk in the door. The Department of Justice told you to insure me because there's no guarantee I'm going to pay you 30 years. How come on, people? Think about it. There's no guarantee that you're going to pay someone 30 years. You might not pay now because what? Because a, a, a virus came up in your 30 years and you can't pay anything because you wind up, you might have died or you can't leave the house. It's got to be something that can happen to keep you from paying the bill. So they have to protect themselves, people. They have to protect themselves. So they have to have insurances on every single thing. And you are the one that is the grantor of the trust. You're the grantor, meaning that pretty much those contracts, you're the one that's supposed to be getting it. They wrote it for you, but there are provisions that you provided for them to be reimbursed. So they don't have to come after you. They don't have to come after the house. They don't have to come after the car. They don't have to come after your garnishing your check or the student loan. They don't have to do that. They're insured. And it actually says, if you read that chapter 11 guidelines, it says that they have to take all the accounts before 1933. They had to take every single account that they have close it down, and create new accounts and name those accounts debtors in possession. Isn't that sweet? That, to me, that is really ridiculous. That is so sweet, people. It, it, it makes you going to laugh. Read that chapter 11 guideline. It will, it will get you laughing. They had to shut down whatever they had prior to the bankruptcy. They had to shut it all down and create new accounts after the bankruptcy called debtors in possession. Every single account they have must have debtors in possession. Possession of what? Well, I just told you. They created trusts, and they got your titles in there. They got your securities in there. They have bonds in there. They have all these things to protect themselves. They have in there. D-O-G, V-O-J, debtors, I'm sorry, Department of Justice. I didn't know if I was supposed to capitalize that O, but DOJ, Department of Justice. And then go in there and chap, type in Chapter 11 Guidelines. We talked about this on a previous call. However, this really, I, I just put it in there. You don't put that parentheses down there unless you want to tease them a little bit. But you're supposed to put the names of them. When I said debtors in possession, you you got to put the name, whether it's the office of the, the county or the state or some corporation, and then comma, and then debtors in possession could go after that. But the point is that I just want you to understand who they are. And then there's a name of some CFO or CEO that's bonded. What do they call? Fiduciary trustee. What does fiduciary mean? That means that they have an obligation to you, only you, not the IRS, not these bill collectors that they try to garnish you. No, they have a fiduciary to you. So your employer, if he's garnishing your check because of someone said that, da, 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 it don't matter. Go after the employer. Put a lien on him because he don't have a contract with them. His contract is with you. His contract is with you. So you need to quit 
you know, letting them do stuff on your check. They can't even, we've already explained how you can get a larger check through the through the year by terminating that W-4, W-4-T, turn, walk that down into the personnel department, uh, uh, HR, and say, look, stop taking some stuff out of my check. They need your permission. I wonder why. Possibly it's because the funds that you're being paid for came from your estate in the first place. It's called interest. It came out of your estate. You are being paid to work for yourself. You're paying yourself to work. You are paying yourself to work. You are paying yourself to work. One more time. You are paying yourself to work. And at the end of the year, your employer must tell the IRS that you were paying yourself to work. And the money that we took out of your estate to pay you to work has to be turned in on a W-2, which for those who don't know, a W-2 is an OID, a W-2 is an OID, W-2 is an OID. So all those folks say, oh, I know people who went to jail when they mess with those OIDs. I know people who got in trouble. I know people, excuse me, if you have a job and you got a W-2, you have got an OID. They just put another name on it. But like again, if it walks like a duck, if it quacks like a duck, if it waddles like a duck, it's a duck. A W-2 is a tax class 5 on IRS. Don't believe Myron. Go on to the uh, Internal Revenue Manual 6209. Oh, I'm just gifting you. I'm just gifting all this stuff to you so you know. It's going to be a good year for some people. You got time now to look it up. You have nothing else to do. Stay in the house. Quit going out there trying to catch somebody's disease and bring it home to the kids. Stay in your house. And look up some stuff, some edu- and educate yourself. You know, I, I have people, well, I could read this stuff, but I don't understand it. Well, I, it's so funny how we could send our children to college to get a career and a job. They have no idea what it is. They get classes that they have no idea of what to do, but they have a way of learning. Are you thinking that you're now too old to learn? Is that what you're telling me? You are too old to learn how to read this stuff because remember, the things I tell you to read, they're not in no legal eagle. There's no attorney stuff that wrote. It's plain English. You know, read one word at a time and make sure you have not a, not a Webster dictionary next to you. Make sure you have a Black's Law. Now, this is a different language, yes, but Black's Law Dictionary is what those legal beagles be using. You know, you may want to have a Webster. If it's not in the black law, then maybe you may need a Webster. However, you need to have their stuff sitting right next to you as you're reading your line. And just don't read it. Understand every single word, because they're very precise on what they do. They don't have things in there by accident. They're in there for a purpose. So you have to look and really analyze Every word. I, I don't know, some of you people was in biology in high school, and, and you remember that frog that you had to cut up 
Did you have to do that, Beverly? Sure did. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't have to because I was in an engineering career uh, curriculum, so I didn't do the fall thing. We didn't have biology. We started off in chemistry. Oh. But the poor, okay. some of y'all, huh? No, I just said, okay, yeah, but I had to take that biology class. Yeah, I was so glad. But the point is, you had to cut up the fall. You had to analyze the fall. You have to do the same thing with this, with these terms that they have in their code statutes and laws. You have to kind of open it up. And, and, you know, some of them say going down the rabbit hole. They use that term, going down the rabbit hole. They usually mean that they're going to look at it. Look at it in depth. I know a Yahoo, uh, what's the name? Yusuf L. He does that term all the time, going down the rabbit hole and, and, and breaking it down. Sometimes it's a little bit, to me, it's too deep. It's too deep because if it got to be all that deep, then the people who's reading it, who's exercising it, they wouldn't know what to do either. If you got to break it down like that, then I think sometimes the people who's reading it, which is like folks like you and I who one of our colleagues are in that job position. So when we went to school with, if they can't break it down in a rabbit hole, why should I? But the point is being that we have to take everything as it is and understand it. We, now, we do. Go ahead. We do have a caller. Okay. Well, and because this is a review section, I'm kind of reviewing things, but I know. So go ahead, caller. Okay. Uh, one, one, one. Greetings, Beverly and Mr. Rice. Greetings. Thanks for taking my call. Greetings. Thanks for calling. Yes. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um, how do I, how do we set off private to the treasury? How do we what now? How do we set off uh, amount private to the treasury? Because we well, do in discharge, Anna, and we also do in a set-off. Yeah, well, Anna, Anna Ritz uh, has a, a, what's the name? Ooh, what was the name of it? How to set up your, how to set yourself up, how you set up your status. Anna Marie has a step-by-step and filling out a Form 56, making the treasury your fiduciary. Uh, she tells you how to fill out the form. That's about as specific as I feel anyone has really gone through it and setting it up. Anna Marie, was, she's an attorney, uh, and I think she was a judge in, in Alaska. Have you heard of her before? Uh, yeah, Anne, I've heard of her. Yeah, Ann Von Ritz. Ann Von Ritz, Ritz. And she had she basically tells you how to set it off where the treasurer set it off. Now, if you're going to set it off, uh, set something off, then you have to, again, you turn in the original coupon that was given to you. You file a 1040. You convert the coupon into the uh, uh, into the money order, saying the U.S. Treasurer would be who you're giving it to. You flip it over. You're going to say buy colon and whatever your signing name is. Um, you're going to put down your social because that's the account that you have. You're going to take that uh, prepaid account. It has the letter on it, mine's is E, and just make it zero five. It's the fifth number in the alphabet. So you're gonna make it that's the routing number where your account is at the IRS. That they took money out. So they know where the money came from, where the money be going, uh to replace it. How they gonna have to replace it back into that uh Treasury Direct account. I mean not Treasury Direct, 
to the Federal Reserve account. It had to be put back in. Um, and pretty much that's, that's, that's about it. That's the way you have to endorse it. A little bit different than you would if you send it to the 1099A with a letter a letterhead that I have in front of me we're looking at right now. Um, and you kind of tell them that you want them to give you the OID. And they're going to also, that means they're going to send a red copy to the IRS, which is going to zero your account there too, in a way. It's letting them know that they're going that they would want you to to get your funds. It's, they're returning it to the principal. Now you have to. So, again, when, so when we when we get a when we get a coupon, uh, let's say for a car, and we turn it into a money order, and we do and we send it to the treasury. We don't send it to the company, right? You send it to both. You should get two copies. The original goes to the IRS. Uh, to the uh, treasurer, and the copy goes back to whoever sent it to you, to the to the uh, bank or whatever, whoever you got your car from. But do we send it to the to the processing center? Because I don't think those people at the processing center will will, will know what's going on. No, they don't. I didn't say send it to the processing. You send it to the treasurer, or you send it back to the people who gave you the bill. You send it well, off. It tells, the treasurer. it tells me to you tell me to send it to the processing center, but I think I should probably send it to the CFO CFO of the company. Yes, that's what I meant. When I say send it back to the company, you according to uh, UCC three six zero three tender payment, you give it to the person who's authorized to de- to deal with it. Don't send it to the clerk, or if you got it, the bill the bill normally tell you where it came from. If they don't have a name down there at the bottom then you're going to have to send it to that corporation that's at the top. But if they have a name at the bottom, then you send it to that person, the name on the, at the bottom. No, there's no name. It just says it just says processing center. Okay. Well, then you're going to have to send it to that processing center. But at the time, but you think time, those, you're those people, I don't think those people will know, will know what's going on if I, if I send them a money order. I don't think they'll know what's going on. I gave them this letter. I told them in the letter, read my letter, and you you have enforcing on it. So you, what you're talking about, what everyone want to talk about, you don't know how to enforce something. If they don't recognize it, so what? It don't matter. You got a 1099A. You're telling the IRS that you were the lender and they were the borrower. And then they didn't, you check box five saying they didn't claim it in for taxes. So you doing what they didn't do. If they don't recognize it, well, I don't care if they put it in file 13, which is a trash can. When I go back to the IRS and I file a complaint, and I did think I put that complaint in there, a 3949A, a 13909, telling them that they are not tax exempt, and a 211, which is a whistleblower, I'm, I'm filling those forms out and getting to the IRS. Take care of it. And even if they don't, even if you take it there, simultaneously, I'm filing the UCC-1, UCC-1, and I'm putting that name of that CFO as the first debtor. I'm putting the corporation as the second debtor. I'm putting a trust without my name on it as a secure party creditor. I'm putting the amount that I say that I'm trying to pay off, multiplied by three, so that I will be compensated for my time. I want to be compensated for taking my time doing this. So you multiply that amount by three. And on the last line, do not retaliate once I get paid. Because when you put that corporation name down there, 
you're going to find that DUNS number. Put that DUNS number right next to it. Let them know. We know you're doing business out there. You file a complaint against that DUNS number, it's just like they're putting something on your credit report. You think they want to take that chance? Because you know what happened when they mess with your credit report, right? Yeah. So, well, so can he, uh, so can he, that letter that he got from the processor, so can he send that letter uh, along with the uh, 1099A to the IRS to let them know, hey, I sent them a letter. This is what they sent back to me. They not, uh, you know, re- giving me the 1099. So let the IRS deal with it. Yeah, when you file, when you when you go to the point of filing a complaint, then you give back to them to the IRS what you sent to them in your administrative process. You got to do administrative process. You got to give them at least three warnings using a notary. That's why you put a notary on the first letter, a notary to uh, to to uh, uh, Davin for um, repairing it, whatever the cost, and then the third one is putting in put them in default. To cure the cure the default, that's the way curing it. To cure it, C U R E. You put that as a second notice, and then the third notice is a default. When you put them in default, now you can file a lien against them. Now you can send those letters to the IRS as saying that this is what I requested. I haven't seen where you asked them to send it to me. They still saying screw you because you told them. Remember. The IRS told them under publication 1212 to give you the OID. That's what the IRS told them to do. So if you don't get it, guess who they're screwing with? The people, their bosses. That's why you go to the IRS because that's their boss. They told them what to do. Publication 1212, page 7, nominee. You are to file another 1099 OID Give it to each owner, which you told them on the 1099A. I'm the lender, so that makes you the owner. And you make that owner the recipient, and you are the payer. So I don't understand it, why you would even come up with a problem. Why y'all so so upset about, oh, well, they don't want to answer. So what? So what? If my boss told me to do something and I don't do it, I get reported to the boss. And the boss, I believe, was get reported. He will handle it. If the IRS told them what to do, and in this letter here, I got three laws, four laws, telling them that they are supposed to give you the OID. It's in this letter that I just put up today. It was in the earlier one, but I didn't have the 1099 attached to it, so I added that on there. I mean, yeah, the 1099A. But I got A, B, C. One is a where where you call they call you the uh, um, requesting person, C and D. You're the requesting person. You're supposed to give the 1099 OID to the requesting person. The other one is that IRS publication. When you order the forms, they give you the 1099 forms. They give you this little booklet that says General Instructions, Section M. Says you to give that person, the authorized representative or the issuer, you to give them an OID. Well, we already know a publication says you, the nominee, give it to, you know, the owner. And then the last one where it says uh, the last uh, publication that comes with when you order the forms, uh, 1099, 
I-N-T and O-I-D. So it's got the interest and O-I-D. And it tells you that you in section, the section that says O-I-D, reporting O-I-Ds, it says they're supposed to give it to you. See, the problem that a lot of people have is when they see that word you, they're, thought, they're thinking it's you and me. You know, it's not. It's them. You don't get that newspaper. You don't get these rules and laws, like these four rules I just give you. And then I got a list of some others that they would talk about OID. But I thought these four was crucial because they told you, told them what they're supposed to give you, sir. So I know I'm going to a little extreme, you, uh, but the point is this. Do you have any other questions, caller? No, just a quick comment. Uh, Mr. Rice, I haven't seen you on Skype for the, for a few days now. Oh, you've been Skyping me? No, I just haven't seen you online. For I'm just wondering uh, what's going on. I, I'm always online. I'm always Skype. I, oh. I leave my Skype on. I got three computers, and they all on Skype. So I, when they when I get a message come in, I hear I hear noises all around my house. Beep beep beep. Where they caught? Where they come in? I'm I'm on Skype. Oh, Rice Tech. Yeah, six five five seven. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you. Okay, I hope I answered, did I answer your question? But I, I went to extreme because yeah, I have other gotta, people. You just got to slow down a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm, 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 we're talking about this letter, and I'm just trying to say, I'm trying to feel like I'm, I answered some of the questions in that letter. So you might want to go get it. But anyway, okay. we got any more calls? We got another, yes. Seven. Yep, I'm here. Hello? Yes, go ahead. She didn't finish hey, the call. Hey, how you doing, you... Myron? Hey, how you doing, Myron? Go ahead. Uh, so, so I got a I got a letter from a uh, my homeowners association. I've been having some issues with them, and I got a letter yesterday where they're coming after me still for this money, uh, but it has nothing to do with the default judgment. It's a total different number they didn't even recognize they didn't even mention the case and and uh they didn't mention the case number it was very strange and but regardless it's still an offer they're sending me an offer to try to get some money out of me and And there was no coupon or good yeah go ahead go ahead okay i was going to say there was no coupon or anything like that on there okay are you in a condominium Yes, in a town. Yes, townhouse. Okay, now I understand. I used to be a part of a co-op. Uh, the the association fee is a separate fee they give you for something other than your rent. It, it's another separate fee. How exactly it's done, and where it comes, whether yes. it's coming from your social or not, I have no idea. Because even when it comes down to paying rent, people, when you pay rent, it's not coming out of your estate. You're coming out of your pocket. It is your bank account that when you make a payment to them that you get it back at the end of the year or you can do your you can file it quarterly and 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 your taxes quarterly and get it back but there's something that you're just going to have to come out of your pocket for and that's why I say consolidate it to a bank account where you're going to OID the bank account cuz they're going to give you a statement at the end of the month and then you OID mm-hmm. the and get it back through the bank it does the, the association it's not feeling it. They don't even know what's going on. They don't know nothing about that. 
So all I have to say, okay. you're going to have to wind up seeing something. You're going to have to pay people, but you can you get it, you do it, or debit it out of your bank, and then OID your bank at the end of the year. So you just have to learn to suck it in for the okay. for a year. So I, I I actually did that. I'm waiting for my check from uh, I'm okay. waiting for a check from the IRS. So, yeah, just uh, that, yeah. There's some things you you can't help. You're gonna have to come out of your pocket. It's just difficult to say it because it didn't come out of your estate in the first place. In, in other words, it's like you're giving them a tip. You're really giving them a tip, but you're not receiving any funds from them. But when you write the check and they go and cash it in your bank, then the bank is going to get their uh, 90%. You know, yeah. they're going to secure it. So it's the bank that you want to yeah. go after, not the person you gave the money to. Okay, yeah, that, I, I, I have I have done that. What's strange in this particular case is I had a judgment against me for like eight grand, and I think I made that go away. By, by you filed a 1099-A uh, on it? Did you file a 1099-A on it? Okay. I did that, but I also I did I parse syntax grammar, the, the using David Wynn Miller's approach, the judgment sends everything back to the county clerk and seems to have shut it down. Yeah, a and, lot of times I do that uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. So you can You want to question? You want to go ahead? Yeah. Yeah. So, but what's interesting is that judgment was for eight grand, but now they're send they sent me this other thing I got yesterday. Which was only for like four thousand dollars, and it has no, no case number, only the address, and saying they're going to foreclose on me if I don't deal with this by April twenty fourth. Meanwhile, in this in this emergency, they can't foreclose nothing on me because all that stuff is not active at this point. That's true. I know. For the, you know, so I mean, should, should I? Huh? Yeah, the, uh, what's his yeah. name? Uh, David uh, Miller, uh, his one, his sidekick, his student named uh, Mark Christ- Christopher, has a YouTube saying yeah. all debts and all mortgages are going to be gone. He came out with a YouTube yeah. yesterday. Yeah, I, I started watching that and I got sidetracked. So, so I guess what I'm thinking about doing then is I'll syntax the case. I'll syntax this document I got from them, send it back to them, make it the court of record, attach it to the previous one. And I'll just get you know, and I'll I'll let them try to answer it. It should freeze any anything anyway, if they can't it's answer because so I've counted for Yeah, and it's not so much yeah. the answering is that you reporting it so you can get the OID because if it's a court situation, yeah. they they created bonds. They're taking money out of your yeah. credit out of your estate. I, I want them to return the credit back to you. I, it's called the right of rest, mm-hmm. right of restitution. Tell them to show you the bond where. Yeah they put out on you to open the case up in the first place and then tell them I'm going to do a right of subrogation where I want you to discharge this debt and send me or send it to the, to the surety social security number to, for reimbursing. Okay. They're supposed to give you OID. The court's supposed to give you an OID. They don't want, he who take money from your estate have to return it to the principal. And they do it mm-hmm. with an OID or W-2 or whatever, a 1099, whatever they want to use, as long as it's coming back to you as a payment. But remember, everything in the court, according to Judge Dale and his book, where he spilled the beans, uh, everything in the mm-hmm. courtroom is not reported. It's not reported to the IRS. So why don't you do it? 
Yeah, I've actually done I've done that as well. I've already filed a 3949A on uh, and, and a 10439 uh, on the uh, um, on the attorneys and the company because the company itself is operating under a fictitious name. That's not, I have I have a no record certificate from the uh, Secretary of the Treasury of New Jersey stating that the name the caption name on the case doesn't exist. Yeah, and now and a lot of the stuff they're just yeah. playing games. Huh? Say it again. Yeah, I did with the real ID act. They're, they're violating that real ID act. Yeah, they're violating that real. They're not. They're using fictitious names because they could create bonds for every single name they create. Well, I also reported them to the FBI. I had a meeting with them, and uh, I had a. I I spoke with an investigator for the controller of the currency for New Jersey who referred the lawyers to the ethics department and uh with it so the letter I got yesterday was from a different attorney in the firm. So I think I may have put a scare into some of them. I'm not sure. I'm not quite yeah. sure. Also at, at this is why at the same time I tell you folks to have your name registered. Go to I don't care where you go, Minnesota, whatever, but wherever have your name registered to yourself. So therefore, there yes. is identity theft if they come after your name, no matter where they, how they write it, uh, you know what they call a deviation that they try to do. You you can still uh, report it to the Security Exchange Commission. Because remember, they make money off the Security Exchange Commission. But if you tell them that they're doing um, counterfeiting with your name because you didn't give them permission, they're counterfeiting. That's a serious crime on the Security Exchange Commission. They're counterfeiting security. They're putting securities out in your name, and you didn't give them permission to do that because you own that name no matter what the deviations are. Yeah, they, well, they put a lien on me with, the, with uh, um, using the fictitious name. They just added ink to the name of to a name, yeah. thinking they can play games with it. Did you? And I called did them. Did you on. check? Did you do a UCC eleven in your state to see if that lien is out there? And it's not. It's only in the county. Okay, then it's fraudulent. It's fraudulent. You need to get that lien. Get a certified copy of the lien. And if you look on there, Got you'll it. probably see that that there is no OMB number on there. Check to see if it's an OMB number. If it's not. That means the president did not allocate any funds to produce that paperwork. And the person who signed it, did they sign it under penalty of perjury? And you probably see that that lien is down at the county, don't have any of those items on there. So you file a document on top of the lien, an affidavit saying this is a fraudulent piece of paper. It's frivolous. I could create this. The president didn't allocate this form, nor did the person sign it under penalty of perjury. I guarantee what I said is true, and you file it, and, well, and you, when you file it back into the into the register of deeds, you make sure you get a certified copy of it after it gets filed, because if you don't, yeah, they a, will send it back to you. I have a certified copy now of it as it is, and uh, um, so I want to do an affidavit of what's the, what's yeah, the it, what. what yeah. Does it have an OMB number on the top upper right hand corner? No. Does it did they sign it on the penalty of perjury? 
I ha- I'd have to I'd have to go find go pull it out and look, but I know there's no OMB number on it. Then it's it's an illegal document because if it's got your information on it, anything that has your information on it must be approved by the president. So what what is uh-huh. what type uh-huh. of affidavit? People listening. What type of affidavit? But that's how you. I'm sorry. Say it again. What type of affidavit should I write? Anything. The affidavit of truth. That's all. Affidavit of truth. Okay. This paper is fraudulent. This paper doesn't have. It's not uh, uh, been allocated to be printed out by the president. If it don't have a OMB means a uh, um, office of management office and budget. Man- That's what OMB means. And they have to have an OMB number for the president to allocate funds. The companies have to have these funds, these, this paper to be printed out. And if they don't have an OMB number, then the president didn't do that. So, so it's okay. a frivolous piece of paper. And then you make it, and you tell, uh, you might have to file a complaint against the, uh, um, against the registered deeds if they maintain it. If they keep it in there being fraudulent after you attach that to it, you might be able to get them for filing fraudulent paperwork. Because any time people put notice, and and this is the thing, they're going to say notice of lien. And this is what the president said back in October when he he filed two executive orders of people who were just saying stuff across the counter. When you go to the register deed and this lady saying, well, we can't do that. Well, you know, you're given a a legal determination. You're not an attorney. You can't tell me anything. But basically Mm -hmm. he's saying it has to be in their regulations, what they say. You say, please show me the regulations of what you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. I they they these attorneys have been filing these frivolous documents under the same name for more than five years, which is now could be considered RICO, which is why I went to the FBI. Well, you you need to get whoever heading that department that they're filing the paperwork in, whoever the head clerk is, whatever they bonded, file a lien against him. He loses his job if you get enough people. You can get enough people to write in. Don't be sitting there. You know, people class action also. Forget all that. I'm not going to their court. Mm-hmm. File a lien. Go a UCC one. File a lien. Get their bonding. Where's their bonding company? Have, their bonding yeah. company. And file a I lien on them being the first. And then the city of Detroit. They uh, the city of whatever your city. Uh, they they have a a, a Dun and Bradstreet number. Get their Dun's number, yep. so you can report mm-hmm. the organization that they work under. You report that to the Dun's or on their credit report. Do, it's not do, that difficult. Uh, no, I know, I know. I can see, I can see the path forward on this. Um, do so. Do I have to do the administrative process on him before I can file the lien, or can I file the lien directly? File the lien directly. You got a contract with them. You're assuming that they say you owe something, you got a contract with them. You don't need administrative. Okay. They don't want to keep it against you. They made the initial they made the initial. It's not like you asking for something from them and they don't want to give it to you. No. You just saying, Look, you 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 put something on my paperwork down at the counter. You damaged me. Mm-hmm. I'm filing the lien because you damaged me by putting that that notice. And this is what they're gonna say. It's just a notice. It's not a levy. Now, if your well, job I, I actually showed them, I showed them the fraud. I you showed them the fraud. Them, I pulled said, the fraud. Again, 
They don't show you. Do they show you stuff, or they just go ahead and garnish your check? Huh? Yep, that's right. That's right. You're correct. Okay, then. Do, then I'm going to say, do to them what they do to you. They don't show you stuff. They just go, these attorneys just go down there and fill out the paperwork to try to get you garnished so they can get paid. Well, yeah. get, make sure you get paid. you get paid by them, too. Find out who, what company they work for and put the attorney name, he's bonded, and put the uh, uh, company, you know, uh, Charles and Charles and Robert and W, you know, attorneys, whatever, and, and attorneys at law. Put the whole company down there with their, and I guarantee they got a bond number. They got a Dunn's number. Yes. And put a Dunn's yes. number on the corporation and put a, you know, a lien on him, on the, on the attorney who's coming at you. I mean, we need to shut these people down. They're, we know that crooks, half of them are going to be going to jail with indictments anyway, but might as well try to get them before they go. So I would put, I, I would put the, uh, would, would it be a, a first, first, uh, is there somebody in first position, second position, third position in the lien, or doesn't or doesn't matter? Yeah, first and second. First is always be the one that's communicating with you, that individual and his bonds number, and then the second would be the company and their Dunn's number. And then and the third you would need... be the clerk filing. No, 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 not no. You don't file with the clerk. You the third would be you being a secure party creditor. So you're gonna have a trust that you're gonna be speaking for you. You're not going to put your name on it. You're going to create a trust that don't have your name, just maybe some initials, and and that, and that trust is representing you with a power attorney, just like the attorneys are being represented by the corporation. So, so number three is going to be... I don't bring one against ahead. the clerk? I don't, put, I don't file a lien against no. the clerk who actually accepts no. it? No. Okay. The lien... The lien is filed at the state level. It's not filed down at the court. The oh, okay. lien is filed okay. at the state level. I mean, you want to give it to the to the court, to the maybe to the court, but it, it ain't gonna it don't matter personally, and because you want three times the amount of whatever it is that you initially going after them for, and then again on the last line at the bottom, make sure there will be no retaliation upon me getting paid. So, Mr. Rice, he don't file against the clerk for giving out false, you know, publishing those the false, frivolous uh, paperwork. It don't have no, no old, well, yeah. old if, he, if, he, if he put, yeah, if he's putting a lien on the clerk, yeah. I mean, if you're going to the register of deeds, yeah. I, I was, I, yeah. If you're doing the register of deeds, yes. But I'm talking about the one who's doing the filing on him. Mm-hmm. You can put a lien on the clerk also. Clerk also accepted it. Yeah, I understand, but that would might be another lien to put on them. Okay. So you said they've been doing okay. it for five years. It could be a whole lot of people yeah. that could put a lien on his bond. That's right. It could be a lot of people that want to put a lien because most times that's what they do when they garnish you. They put a notice. And that's what say a notice yeah. of some kind of lien. And, and they, a notice is not an actual lien. That's why you shouldn't even go after them. You should go after your employer because your employer has a, is a fiduciary trust for you, not for them. You didn't sign, he didn't, the employer didn't sign a contract with them. You signed a contract with your employer. So why is he doing something for somebody else against you? True. 
Thank you, caller. Thank you. Okay, we're going to go to um, 248318. Yeah, how you doing, Myron? This is uh, uh, Stokes calling. I, uh, yeah, I clear, how you doing? I want to clear something up for that previous caller that just called in about the notice of the tax lien for the register deed. First of all, they got two names on that on that uh, reg, on that uh, notice of of lien, and that those are fictitious names because I have done a Freedom of Informa- Information Act, like they might say Joe Blow for Diane Clark. And that, that first name that they put up there, that's a fictitious name. I did a Freedom of Information Act to get that name, and they say they didn't even know that person. Plus, they got the ID numbers. You don't know which ID number it belongs to because they got two names on there and one ID number. And plus, you need to go do a, a UCC 11 search with your state to see if you got a lien file against your name. And also, you need to go down to the federal court and do a litigation search on your name and get certified copies of all of these to go along with your paperwork. And if you have done a a tax court where you get a lack of jurisdiction verdict from the tax court, you get a certified copy of that and put all that together and send that in, take it into the registry and tell them to take that stuff off your name. And, and and you can get that reduced and also you same thing with your credit reports and anybody else is coming at them because a true lien is a six six a six six number eight dash B. That's for a lien. And like you said, that's a notice of lien is not a lien. No. No. So, and, and and yeah. Thank you, Rob. Well, because that, what I do okay. instead, of, I'm not. I can, I'm not going to get into the details of what names they got on there. The whole document, the old, the old, the OMB makes that whole document. It doesn't matter what's inside the document. I'm getting rid of the whole document is fraudulent because it doesn't yes, have an OMB. So I don't care how they spell my name. I don't care what they did. All that, all that other stuff on there. Either only thing I was looking at is the person who signed it did not sign it under penalty of perjury because we supposed to get to go after that person, but the whole document doesn't have an OMB number, so it's automatically a frivolous piece of paper that they got filed. I could file one, I could create one and file it down there. What's the difference? It don't, it still don't have an OMB number on it. So well, it's just it's a document I go after. Could trying to go. I know you just explained a lot of things that people can do, and that's beautiful that they see that other alternatives. But if the whole document is bad, I did that. And this is why I said go down and get a certified copy. I did that for a guy where the IRS gave him a notice of federal lien. And we we said all of that. They ain't got no OMB, no power attorney, or they didn't sign on the penalty. And we attached it, and they filed it in there. But what he didn't do is he didn't get a certified copy of it. Three months later, they sent it back to him saying, "This is this been filed in the wrong department." Now he got attached to the to the notice, so I don't understand where what department. They didn't say what department. It said it's been filed in the wrong department, but they did take it in, and he didn't. Okay. Of course, they didn't want to. They didn't take his money either. But the point is, being you get a certified copy before you walk out of that place. That way, 
it's proof that it's been filed. Because if no one has claimed it, then they can take it out and say this is this is filed at the wrong place. Because there's no proof that it ever did get filed in there. Right. Because he didn't get a okay, well, I, copy with the, with the stamp. Yeah, well, I yield to somebody else who wants to talk. Thank you. Thank you. But you gave us That's a lot of information, and I hope good information. Yeah. Good information. I'm getting okay. a bunch of we texts. Gotta, we're going to go to seven seven three three one seven 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 three three one seven. Hello. 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 Hey, Mr. Myron Rice. I just want to say you are super fantastic. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Super fantastic. So I have been studying for years, okay? And I'm one of those people that was studying and studying, putting things out, but didn't have the full understanding of what I was doing until now, okay? So um, right now I'm going through some drama. My home is up for, well, was, I'll say was. It was up for... um foreclosure and I even got an auction date of April 23rd so of course when I saw that I immediately like lost it I had lost like 15 pounds worrying stressing but what it did do was push me to do more to save myself so I did look up today on a judicial sales and they have since canceled it because what I've done is sent in GSA bonds and I'm also doing an administrative process uh, with the banks and the pretender lenders. And so, Mr. Rice, with your, in your opinion, uh, I know what everything is going on with this virus. It has put things to a halt. In your opinion, what is it that it's crucial for me to do right now to try and save my home for my family? Okay, uh, Miss Miss Skinny uh, lost in fifteen pounds. Ah uh, no! Um, look, I got three babies, and it, it, hey, I needed to lose that. Okay, I wish I was skinny. <laughs> okay, well, Miss Olympia, I just want to say this: you dealing with the bonds, you have to understand, and as I've said it so many times, the loan and the title to the property is two separate issues. You're not doing anything to the title. They still could come after the property. So you're you're okay. addressing the loan. But the title, yes. someone who's paid their house off, they could still lose their property. They still losing their property, even though they got their house paid off through some what taxes or something, you know, property taxes. You have to okay. address the, the the title and how you address it. For those listeners, and we talked about a few weeks ago, look under and type in under any name, any search bar, race, R-A-C-E, statues, race, statues. It explains okay. what's going on, race, statue. There are three, there are three types of statues. Yeah, R-A-C-E. Okay. Race, statues. And there are three types of statues out there. There's a race notice. There is a notice. Uh, I'm sorry. There's a race statue. There's a notice. And then there's a race notice. And it has different states that fall under one of those three uh, categories. Basically, okay. what's happening is that you have a warranty deed down at the register of deeds yes. or a quick claim deed. One of the warranty deeds, more likely, 
Your name trust is not at the bottom. That's what it's saying, trustee deed. I thought it was a difference. Well, there's a, there's a warranty deed that's filed. And the point is that your name is not typed, is, is, the signature is not at the bottom. There is a okay. seller. The seller, his name on the bottom. So exactly how is it in your how is it in your possession? How do you have ownership of something when you didn't sign the contract? So that's what the affidavit is for. You have to put an affidavit on top of the warranty deed, sign it. You know, let's put all the information that's on the warranty deed on the affidavit. But this is an affidavit of grant deed under fee simple. Grant deed under fee simple. And you are converting. You're making a contract with the seller because your signature is on there. And then the notary is underneath yours, just like he has three witnesses and, and a notary, and then he signs it. You're doing the same thing, and you're attaching it to it, and you're uh, refiling it back down at the Register of Deeds. Now, according to race statute, the first one the first one that has a record on there, nobody after that can ever come after that title. Nobody. Okay. So we even, well, let me, uh, I, I want to I I tell you what I've done. I've done that. Let me tell you, I have done that. I did the deed, and I went and redid it, notarized. I put all the information that you just said. When I look up the recorder of deeds, my name is there as the grantee and the grantor, and that has been since 2018. Does that mean anything that it states that my, my name as the grantee and the grantor? Yeah, but is your name typed or is your signature uh, on there? You mean the document? Yes, on the no, document. I, is it the document? I did. I did the affidavit, just like what you said. I did the affidavit, and I put that on top of the deed that they had. I got a certified copy of the deed that was there. I went and did an affidavit and redid everything, like you just stated, signed it, notarized. And they did give me trouble. Like the last caller said, they will. One time they told me when I went to go put some other information on the recorders of the office, oh, you have to see our attorney first. And when okay. I went to see the attorney, that she wouldn't mm-hmm. come out of her room because I asked her, I said, I have no contract with you. Why is it that I need to get you to sign off on my documents? I don't need your assistance with my documents. And so the clerk was saying, well, I can't, I'm not going to put anything on the record unless the attorney approves it. I said, well, I want to file this on demand. And they still wouldn't okay. do it. They went in their offices and he and wouldn't come out. Okay. Well, the question is, is once you did what you did, you didn't yeah. follow through by taking it out of your name and put it into a trust. And then the right. trust doesn't record it. Did you record? You didn't put it in the trust and not record it at the Register of Deeds. Now they don't right. know who and that's owns the it. That's the part I'm missing, man. So what I need to do, and is okay. You, what I need to do is construct a trust first. Get get a a 98. What's the difference between a 98 number and an EIN number? I'm confused. It's the same thing. So 98 says it's foreign. You don't want a foreign. Just get a regular domestic trust, a 47, 46, whatever. Gotcha. You just want to. Gotcha. Uh, you want a trust that you use. I call it a property management trust because. You transfer it to a property management trust that you have, but no one knows because you don't put your name on it. You use letters, okay. somebody's first, mama's first and daddy's first letter initials. Uh, 
property management trust. You transfer it over to the trust, and then you put on there that um, under there's some kind of assessor. Michigan, you got to look at their form. It's called MI-2766. And it's required in Michigan that that form is submitted to the assessor's office saying that there's been property transferred. And then down there, they got exemptions. So under exemptions, under other, you would be putting down that you sold it for 21 gold pieces. And and the trust is going to fill out, give you a lease agreement. The trust is going to be your landlord. So they're going to give you the trustee, who's going to be someone that they don't know, is going to give them a lease agreement, and you're going to attach the, uh, the bill of sale that you sold it to them down at the register of deed. Now it's completely out of their jurisdiction because they can't file, they can't send taxes or even act on something that they don't know who it is because the trust right. will not file it at the register of deed. Okay. Now is there now the information that you just explained, is there somewhere I can get that info? I'm also I also am a subscriber of Scribes. I've been on on there for at least about a year or two. And because it's some dynamic information on there too. Is there somewhere I can look as far as a resource for this what you just told me? No. Get, get a copy of this recording. I that's why I explain it. There's no you, okay. not, you know, those people are not going to give you instructions on how to get out of their system. They're not. <laughs> this is what gets me. People yeah. kill me about well, what documents out there? I don't need your documents to say I'm a man. This is when I need Buzz Bunny to tell me how to be a man. People be real. They're not real. Okay. They're petitions. Why do you need their permission for anything? The only thing I'm going to do is give them notice. That's it. I'm giving you That's notice. It. Okay. They didn't, they didn't I think Mr. Rice. Mr. Rice. Mr. Yeah. Rice. I think she was referring to was there, you know how you had YouTube that show you how to do the process that you were telling her about the 21 right. gold coins. I don't, Can she use I don't know stamps it. or something? I don't know any of them, Beverly. I'm the only one that did this. I'm the only one that's saying it. I don't know anyone who haven't said this before. If someone out there knows somebody, okay. when you come through, please let us know. I don't know. But it, 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 you're doing what feels right. You're doing what, come on, you could transfer the property anywhere you want to. It tells you that on your contract. See, nobody even le- reads their contract. I'm only doing what's on my contract. So they can't sit there okay. and say, oh, you do something illegal. Excuse me. Go to pay, go to Section 18, and it says how I could transfer the property without the lender's consent. Okay? So that means I could be paying on a mortgage. It don't matter. I'm only okay. doing what's in the contract, and that's what I attach that page. If you go get my what's-his-name, I think I got a sample of it in Scribe, where it, I have, you know, Exhibit A, Exhibit B. I'm telling you exactly what to attach to it so they can understand why you did it. And that's okay. I don't know anyone who's done that. I don't know anyone who's done it like that. So but I can't refer something. Scribe, right? you, but but you I have, have it on Scribe. Okay, yeah. well, she can go there and find it. And Right, and if you don't understand and, something, if y'all download something and you don't see everything, then call the show and say, well, Mr. Rice, I got this document. And then I'll pull it up. And we can talk about it logically of what I was trying to explain. That's the way I like to operate. That way at least I know you went and read and read it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So go ahead. And like I said, all I could do, you do is just play this over. What's the difference whether you're listening to it right here 
from my from the horse's mouth or whether you're going on uh, YouTube and seeing a picture of it. People still don't understand it when they're on YouTube. They still ain't doing stuff. True. But sound like you That's started true. the first part to it, but you haven't finished it out because under that race statute, I just gave you another law that says this is the first one that has the recording properly. Is the it, no one after that can ever come after it? It can never be claimed again. Right. Since I put that certificate, that affidavit up there, that hasn't there. No one has put any other documents on there since then. It's like the last yeah, but, one. But as you say, I mean, it doesn't mean anything if I don't do it to the truth. If I don't get that trust straight. Get it out of your name. They had a contract with your name, so that's why you want to get it out of your name. Like rich people don't have, oh, they, they got nothing but trust. They don't have nothing in their name. They never have own nothing everything. in their name. We would talk. Right. We would own talk that and control up. everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't ever put stuff in your name. You shouldn't even be operating under your social. You could have had one of your assignees do that for you. It doesn't matter that you got a contract with them. They represent you, so they could do it for you. Okay. They really don't know who they're talking to. And then you got you put the lease agreement. After you finish, you put a lease agreement and file a lease agreement so that you are now, I am a tenant. Don't send me no taxes. I'm not going to tell you who the trust is because I love my house and I don't want to get evicted. I'm not making my landlord mad and kick me out of my house. I don't, I'm not going to play that. So leave me alone. Okay. But there is a document that has to be surrendered over, given to the assessors, and again, in Michigan, it's MI-2766. And that one, if you read it, it says whether you record, you don't have to record it. It says you don't have to record the document. So, but oh. the exemption says, I sold it for 21 silver pieces per the Seventh Amendment. Look at the Seventh Amendment. Anything over $20 and they didn't have Federal Reserve notes back then. Gold and silver is a uh, uh, consider uh, have to go to a common law court with a common law jury, common law judge, and common laws for people on who's alive, not dead stuff. Right. So right. impossible for them to come after whoever it is. Of course, they don't know who the trust name is anyway because they didn't file it down there. So there won't be no property taxes. Okay. And when you say file a lien, that just means you file a UCC on them, right? You file a UCC one on them and put the right. property or whatever they, whatever the amount they're trying to come after you multiply it by three. By three, right? I got those. I got that. And then I am a new. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you just you just want to be compensated. That's how you can get compensated, folks. Okay. Other question is, I'm just now finding out about the whole W-2C, the correction of your W-2, and that the growth, some, I guess bottom line, you're really supposed to be able to get all your money back that, that you've been paid. Do you have any advice on that? No, other than filling out the forms. If you don't get the okay. whole thing back, you might. I know uh, according to uh, Title 26 U.S.C. number 1, 26 right. has to deal with the internal revenue. It says that there's $2,125 taken out. Well, I don't care. If, right. if I got 
you know, $50,000 job and I only get that 45000 so what? I don't, I'm not going right. to cry over $5,000. Right, okay. And when you do, do you do, because I haven't signed my taxes yet because I want to do it correctly this time. So do you submit the W-2C once you do your W-2 or does something come first? And that's something that you need to talk to a tax person when it's submitted because you know okay. you got to order the W-2C from the IRS. They got, yeah, it's got a red copy of OID. Yep. So yep, read the instructions and, or ask the IRS, go down to their office, uh, how can I convert this uh, wages into labor? That's all you're saying. I need to convert my wages here into labor, and here's the form. Do I submit it now, or do I submit it with my 1041 or 1040 or whatever? Right. I'm, I'm only putting right. you all in the direction. I'm, I'm not a tax person. I'm not a lawyer. I know. I know. But I know the forms are out there. I'm trying to let you uh, point you to the water. Now, it's up to you to do some of your own due diligence and see, well, when do I file it? Does it go along with my 1040, along with the W-2 attached to it? Because I know you got to send that W-2 uh, copy right. with it. So do you right. send the red copy along with that on top? You know, it, it's that's up to you. I, I'm not sure. It seems okay. like that would go separate. That W-2 should go separate. And then you putting the W two number, the amount will be going into line seventeen if you got a ten forty or line section G line fourteen if you're doing a ten forty one. You see what I'm saying? You explain yeah, it to mm-hmm. them. You're showing them that the amount isn't going in line one on neither one of those pages tax forms. Right. It won't go into line one. Right, because that's it's wages not, and tips and all that, right? Exactly. That's mm-hmm. been okay. I'm just trying to educate you folks. Don't go on line one. That's all I got to say. So if it's on those other lines and they should have you, didn't you get the W-2C? So that's why I got it down on line 17 on the, on the new W-4 or 1040. Or if you got a uh, 1041, you flip it over. There's a section G and I think it's line line 14. Line 14. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I'm line 14. Let me look at the forms here. But yeah. All right. All right. And I already did. I, I did my register name and everything in Minnesota. In Minnesota, I did all that. I thought a lot of that would, um, you know, kind of stave off these pretender lenders, but they still, they still trying to get my house. But they ain't gonna get it. <laughs> no, and you know, you have to remember. A lot of times they don't see that. What you might have done is give it to the state court administrator. CC it to the court they're coming to. Let the state court administrator, your state, know who you are. So anyone right. who does try to file a case with you will be able to, uh, um, you know, go to the state, the, the court administrator say, I'm sorry, you can't file a case against them because their name is protected. We already got to do not detain or ever put them in the court. So notifying the state court administrator will help you. I'll get back with you, community. I'll get back with you. Okay, so the, okay. the state court administrator is a little bit, it, it's like telling them any, you know, she his, his or her job is to tell all the courts in the state who you are. And that do not okay. detain passport, does that achieve that? The do not detain passport process? But that's one way you could do it, be a national. You can, I mean, they have websites, you only pay $175, which is about the same I think a passport is one U.S. passport is one fifty-five. So you twenty dollars right. more. 
get a national passport. Okay. I believe, I believe okay. it's eighty five dollars. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. You're Thank welcome. You. Thanks, Miss Beth. Okay. 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 We're gonna go to nine zero one two eight one. Hey, Sister Danielle, how you doing? How you doing, uh, Brother Rice? Great. I'm doing good, Brother Rice, and good to hear your voice. Uh, Brother Rice, um, something's been bothering me. I've been getting phone calls for a while now. They asking me if I want to see my house. The problem with that is it's been foreclosed five years ago. What's going on? I ask them where they get the information that you all ordered it. Because when when the girl uh, not right before well the young lady right before me, I did the same thing that she did, except I didn't transfer it over into a um, trust. I did everything she did, but I did transfer it over to a truck. And um, I'm going to tell you something else. Uh, they took all my information because I did file it at the record of deeds. And uh, I signed for my warranty deed. I did all of that, put the affidavit on top of it. And um, um, But when I went to court and I handed judge my paperwork, she said, I don't see none of this. So somebody did mm-hmm. some fraudulent mail. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking yeah, this is, somebody did mm-hmm. go, go ahead. No, I'm listening. I just said, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So I'm thinking somebody did some fraudulent activity, and the property still evidently, because I did sign the warrant, it is in my name still. Okay, what again, you, you can't you can't file it back as a warranty deed. You're still under that jurisdiction. You're supposed to file it as a grand deed under fee uh-huh. simple, and you don't and you I, don't put the legal description in there. You have to put the meets and bounds or the latitude. Oh, I'm wondering why are they people calling me, asking me, you know, if I want to sell my house, if it's been five years though. You know, it must yeah. be something still down there. So whatever I file must still be valid. It's just that I'm unaware of it, maybe. Well, let's so like I'm a, this. If they, if they couldn't sell your house, then the only record, because most of them are trying to sell the house so they can get the money. If they never sold the house, it's more likely that the same information that was down there before, they hasn't added anything more to it. You, you must be still the last person track. They call it a track where they're giving a history of what happened since the house was first built. Apparently they didn't sell it when they got it. They must have didn't sell it because your name is still on there. Because they can't put their name, the bank MERS and whatever, they can't put their name on there. A corporation cannot own a home. They can't own property. They can only manage it. So who they're managing is apparently they didn't sell it to somebody or a management company. It, it can't really put their name down on there and, and under the warranty deed. So, so what's happening, you need to check to see if your name on it, if you did what I said, then maybe you need to finish doing what I just told her to do. Transfer it out of your name, folks. Folks, they're going to come after your name. Now, now what happened your name. a woman, a woman uh, went down and purchased it because she called me and was asking me. So when I went to court, it wasn't against, you know, MERS or anybody like that. It was uh, two private people going into court, and um, 
and um, and that's when the spirit said she didn't see my paperwork in there, and it's because I think they hid it in the record somewhere. It's that, because that if, is I pull it up, if I pull it up, if I pull it up right to, right now while we're on the phone, if I pull it up, it's gonna it's gonna if I pull it up by the address. It's gonna pop. Her name is gonna pop up. But if I pull it in by uh, the numbers, get I, I forgot what what they call those numbers. Uh, the number, yeah, the, 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 the library page number, the library page number. Yeah, if I put that in there, then it's gonna my information is gonna come up. Yeah, but is your information gonna have your autograph down at the bottom? Is your information? Would it be your name, your autograph at the bottom, or whoever you bought it from? No, it's going to be my information in there. That's only if I put in the uh, document numbers that I submitted. It'll come up like that. But if I just put in uh, the address, it's not going to come up. Well, I get the question, and I don't understand it. Is when you went to court, if you if you got a certified copy of that, and remember I told y'all, don't just file it in there. You got to get a certified copy because somebody could remove it. If you didn't get a certified copy of of that information, somebody probably mm-hmm. took it out because you didn't. There was no proof that it was ever filed in the system after you put it in. And it sounded no, like that might I be what. What I showed the judge was was my certified copy. And it showed your autograph at the bottom? Yes, because she flipped through all my pages, and she was like, she was flipping through the pages, and then she was like, I don't see any of this. I heard, I don't think she realized she said that aloud, but I heard her when she said, I don't see any of this. Well, now that they got notice, and they should correct it. Now that they have notice, they should correct it. It has, I mean, if she haven't seen it and you showed a certified copy of it, not just a copy yep. of what you did, but certified showing it's been filed in that, then you got yep. then you got a case against the register of deed that they removed something out of your files that's illegal. So you need to you look like you're going to put a lien over the head clerk down, the uh, the county clerk down there that's in charge of uh, register of deeds. And I'll never it's forget. It's hard to say when I'm looking at the paperwork. I'll never forget while I was doing it because it was a certain process that I was told to do it on how to hand, hand the documents to them. And um, so once I, uh, at first, he was like, uh, this ain't going to make no difference. And then every, every step, every, when I took the next step and the next step and the next step, he just got quiet. He got quiet and he had nothing else to say. Yeah, well, it didn't sound like to me being quiet doesn't answer your problem. You should have had him talk. What, what is, what's on your mind, sir? Are we understanding that this has already been filed correctly? Are we understanding this has been filed correctly and, and this lady who's here doesn't have any claim because I am the last person to file it correctly? Because that's what that race, look at that race statue. And if you if it's true in that race statue and you take that down there to him or you put that, you go take that, that decision, that judgment that that judge put on there, and if he turned it over to them, you get a copy of that, put a uh, uh, affidavit on top of that, along with the document, and he now works for you. You you to redeposit as a special deposit, and that makes the judge your trustee. And you tell him, 
This okay. is what you so that's spelled R A T E or R A F E or R A Y Heist R R A C E base statue. R oh right R A C E. Yeah, R A C E. That is the reason why they're taking your home because you don't have it recorded properly. But even when you record it, you gotta get it out of your name. You need to transfer it. Out of your name. Why you kept it in your name? You're supposed to put yeah. it in a trust after those other people do. Why don't we do what they do? Because they don't have the same problems we have. We right. were taught when we raised up, if it ain't in your name, you don't own it. They only said that so that they can come and take it from you later. That's all. That's the only reason they told us that, our parents that. And our so parents tell us race, that. Race document? Or race race document. Race statues, and it talk about how okay. things have to be recorded. It tells you how okay. things have to be recorded. There are three types we spoke earlier. Three, three okay. sections, three categories, and you find out in what state your category is in. Okay. All right, Mr. Rice, thank you. Sister Bell, thanks. You to, uh, talk to us. We'll have to see you tomorrow. I'll hear you tomorrow. <laughs> You'll hear me tomorrow. Okay. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Great. Now, Mr. Rice, you might already answer this question, but they say, can we still file a lien when the loan company has the possession of the title? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can file a lien if it's been Ill- illegally taken. The loan company uh, can't have the title. You know, they never had the title. You lived in a house. If you were living in a house and the title is supposed to be with the title company, the loan company only had something to do with the money. The money. That had nothing to do with the title. See, this person, whoever asked, don't know that there's a difference between the title and the loan. So apparently, you better if you don't understand that, then you can't win in what you're trying to do. And you need to look at your documents, and it will show you that you could transfer the title with the lenders without the lender's consent. So that lets you know that the loan company... I don't need their permission. I could go ahead and transfer the title. So that question is in your document. Section 18 in Michigan and California, most states, the one that says borrower transferring borrower's interest. That section. Okay. Well, we're down to our last 10 minutes, so, uh, and we don't have any more hands raised. So... Okay. Well, we yeah. can go back mm-hmm. to that. Yeah, we can go back to that fiduciary trustee uh, sample that I put in, folks. And basically, again, we want to increase our our taxes and OID in the bank account and getting OID and setting up OID from third parties who put their uh, the debt on your credit report. They screwed your credit report up. You need to put 1099As on there and say check box check five box check box five to say that you have not reported this income to the IRS because the IRS is going to come after you all sooner or later when they audit that account and 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 those funds that you just seen maybe why they come back although if you go through your credit report and you see that that same of funds. And account number, it says uh, um, charge off, 
Well, charge-off mean that they did send the funds back. The original creditor sent it back. So the original creditor, creditor might have sent it back on what's called charge-off. That's the second half of discharge, so they took care of it on the public side. And the off is the second half of set-off. So charge-off is like discharge, set-off. And they put that means they return the funds back after usually 120 days if you don't make a payment. They send it back because why? It was insured. They insured it. So they go and send it back to your estate. Now, these third-party debt collectors claim they pay pennies to the dollar. They bought the debt. If they say they bought the debt, send them a thank you letter. Thank you. I'm glad you bought it. Now, I don't owe it anymore. And, and uh, cease and desist contacting me. That's what you need to say. Thank you for buying my debt. I don't owe it anymore because you purchased it. I didn't ask you to. So thank you very much. Cease and desist contacting me. I will put a lien on you if you contact me. And that's how you deal with them. You know, but in the meanwhile, if they put on your credit report, 1099A it. Because it's so nice. The credit report is going to have the initial amount. And the day, the initial day that you open the account, and the initial amount, <clears throat> not what you really owed, but the initial amount. So you owe you 1099A and say, did they pay taxes? Did they report it to the IRS? Nope. Maybe the IRS will go after them and say, well, you got to give them the OID because they were the lender. And you said you they owe you this, so you have to give it back to them. We're not supposed to get coupons. We're supposed to get checks. In a way, the coupon is a check, but, you know, we're supposed to get a check where we could actually feel the money in our hands. But I'd like to see somebody out there take one of these coupons, fill it out properly, and take it to the bank and see if you can deposit it. It's got their name on it. It's got a routing number and account number on it. So why couldn't you deposit a check and say, I need you all to go after these funds? It doesn't hurt to try it, folks. What's the worst they can do? Say no. No? Yeah. Take it to I would take it to the bank manager and get a medallion seal stamp because he he only stamps securities and bonds. So if that coupon is actually a security, which is seen to be because it's got a routing number and account number stating that amount that's that's stamped out, that's written up on the top. Then why wouldn't he do it? Hey, why why are you not doing it? This this is what the company gave me. It's under their name. This is what they gave me. It's got their name on there. Got my name on there. Got the amount and it's and it's got a routing. What's the difference between this coupon and my check that I've got from you all? What's the difference? You gave me the check. They gave me the coupon. What is the difference? Let understand what finances is about. Let them explain it to you. If you don't know, maybe they, maybe the manager can sit down and say why this coupon isn't valuable. Well, wait a minute. You gave me checks that I write off, and what's the difference? It's on a piece of paper. So what? And that's that's something else that I noticed someone said they did. I've done 28, uh, optional form 28, optional form 91 and 90, and standard form 28. And it got people off. But I understand that you really need to be putting it because it is a bond. You really need to be copying it on bonded paper that's got watermarks on it. Watermark 
bonded paper. If you're going to send them bonds in the court, make sure it, you should verify that it's on bonded paper. That way they don't have no excuse saying this is not what the paper is written on. So option 490, 91, and standard form 28, copy those on bonded paper. That may help your court situation and get rid of Oh, those are that 91 form you, you talked about, fill them out on bonded paper? Yeah, yeah, record them. You know, I mean, first of all, fill it out on regular paper and then make a copy on right. it so it copies on your bonded paper. Oh, bonded, okay. Mm-hmm. Those are bonds. Oh. I mean, surety, that's surety bond. Right. These are 28 individual surety bonds, but you put it on regular paper. That may they may just say, oh no, this is not a valid bond because it's not on the correct paper. We you know, we kind of like dot the i's. And, yeah, yeah, we kind of like dot the i's and crossing the t's here. It's worth trying out, and that's what you submit into the court before you walk in the door. People I know, ten people I did that without the bonded paper. And they went to court, and they called him out in the hallway and dismissed the case. One lady did go to court, and, and the judge was stuttering. He was stuttering reading my cover letter until he just told the prosecutor, get this woman out of my courtroom and do not bring her back. So it worked. They worked. They did work. But just to put a little bit more mm to it, you know, mm, you know, a little flex right. in there. Put it on bonded paper. Well, Mr. Rice, we down to two minutes, and so uh, give out to people your information that they can contact you, and if they uh, want to send donations, uh, how can they contact you? Okay, yes, I am on Skype, and my Skype address, uh, ID anyway, is RiceTech, R-I-C-E-T-E-C-H-6557. That's RiceTech6557. And I really recommend that you uh, please put it, don't type it in Skype, put it in a Word program and, you know, copy it and drag it. I say drag it in or, or copy it into the Skype so that I can respond back in Word, put answer details and, and send it back to you, you know, with a, a, a update saying answer and a date on it that unanswered it. It makes it real convenient for me to do that because, People type stuff in so long it taking a whole page. I I can't answer your 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 stuff on your document because you know once you put it on there I can't edit it. So if you put it in Word, then I can edit every question you have. Some people ask me four or five questions. I can't answer it like that. I got to look back and forth and you know put it on a Word document. Send it to me in Word. That way underneath the question I put A N S colon and then I put it in red or whatever of what my answer would be. And when I finish, I can drag it back over into Skype for you to read. Okay? And don't ask questions. Please don't ask. Don't ask a lot of questions. Do your own due diligence. I'm not going to go ABC. What The way I did it or Beverly might have done it, you can't do it like that anymore. We, We can't tell you in detail how it's done. All I could do is show you the light at the end of the tunnel. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. Now, how you get there is the way, what you have to do. Like I said, they did this, they do that, but it's hard to know when I'm not, the documentation isn't in front of me. Did they really put 
grant deed in there or did they leave warranty deed that they put the legal description in there and not the meets and bounds or uh, the uh, latitude or uh, uh, what is it latitude and longitude of the property who knows you, you you can't really try you try to do things opposite of what they do because if you do it in their situation then you're under their jurisdiction again if you file it back at the register of deed after you transfer it to the trust, then you write back where you started. Okay, Mr. Rice. All right, okay. ten o'clock on the nose. That's so beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, thank you. All right. Appreciate and you. Like Look I forward said, to next week. Yeah, go on, go, go on, scribe, and hopefully this document may help you out. I have questions. Uh, more laws underneath it. You don't have to submit them in there. That's for your own little reference. If you want to look at the 60, 26 USC 6049, talk about OIDs. You know, uh, okay. 60, uh, hmm, I, didn't, I didn't put the 1099 A's in this one, though. 6050 J. I didn't put that in there, but most of the, we're only talking about OIDs. The A's pretty, but it, again, there are some forms that um, that explains all these 1099Cs and all that Patrick Devine does under, again, Radiant Clone, C-L-O-N-E, R-A-D-I-A-N-D, Radiant Clone. And a lot of Patrick Devine stuff that he took off because he figured it might be confusing for you all. And my thing is, read these forms and then bring it to me and say, well, I got this form in front of me and then I pick it out and the audience can get their form and we can work through it together. That's the way to learn. Right. That's the way to learn. Don't come on these calls. Tell the folks, you come on these calls, don't come on here. If you ain't on the internet, I can't solve what half the things that's done on the internet. I know there's a lot of people, singers, that don't know that, but you're going to have to learn it or have your your great great granddaughter stand sitting next to you. That's why you gotta do it like this. That's what my little grandniece do. You know. So you got, you um, have seniors that that shows their grandchildren how to do the internet. That's that's some beautiful. Of the seniors I, are on the internet all the time because they have the time. I, I, yeah, I've been a couple of them senior citizen homes, and they have classes down. They have a room computer yeah. where they come yeah. in there and they on the computer. They wanted me to teach one time. I'm like, oh, I, I don't have enough time, I, you know, because I know that takes a lot of patience, and I don't have that yeah. much patience like that. But that go to their go to their building, go in their building, and say, do y'all have classes here for the seniors? I want to sit in the back. I come, I give you, you know, fifteen dollars, ten, twenty dollars just to listen. Or bring in some donuts. Yeah. They love you. Oh, they love some food. Don't bring no food yeah. in. Yeah. They love a donut. My grandmother's 104. Yeah. She may not eat dinner, but you put some sweets in front of her, that stuff is gone before you bleak. That's the way she did it. Yes. All right, folks. I love you all. Please let me know what's going on. Be safe out there. You know, wear your gloves and, and your face mask. And, uh, you know, they say don't get six feet from anybody, you know, stay sick, tell them step step back, please step back, you're in my aura, get back, <laughs> step back step, step out of my aura because it might get something but we, we, I keep seeing different analysis on this virus and it's really, really pathetic, you know some folks yeah. say it's not even real it, it's crazy, yeah. you go from one extreme to the other 
Just make sure you have time to get yourself and your family together now. Do that. Put your children in a UCC one. You got two children? Put them on two data. That that one is child one, that two is child two. If you got four, then put two on a, on another UCC one. Put down there, you know, $47 billion, whatever you want, $100 billion, and file it with the state. You have a higher lien on your children, so the state can't even come and get them from you. I'm just letting you know, hint, hint. Okay, right. folks. Bye-bye. Thank you, Mr. Rice. Look forward to next week. All right, everyone, join me tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Dr. Robert X will be uh, joining us. Peace and love.
curated by Kohl's latest collection is now available in select stores and at Kohl's.com. For a limited time, shop unexpected new favorites like reusable drinkware from Corksicle and fun arts and crafts from UV. Warmies heatable plush toys are perfect for little ones. Homesick handcrafted candles are a great gift to make anyone feel at home. And who doesn't love sweet treats from Candy Club? Shop curated by Kohl's for these digital need-to-know brands and more. Tap the banner now or visit Kohl's.com. Here's three great reasons to get the new Samsung Galaxy S21 5G at T-Mobile. One, it's free for both current and new customers when you trade in an eligible device. Two, T-Mobile's the leader in 5G coverage. So, three, you can unleash 5G speeds in more places with your new phone. Get the new Galaxy S21 free at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G coverage. Phone via 24 monthly bill credits plus tax. If you cancel credit, stop and balance on required finance agreement may be due. Contact us. Qualifying credit and consumer plan required. See details at T-Mobile.com.